So when I'm watching this, I press uh, play, and it says that it's good for ages seven and up. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> sweet. I'm going to let my kid Let me watch. get the boy. Yeah, right. So I'm going to get the boy, and I was like, do you want to watch this movie? And I'm like, it's, it's pretty bad, I think, but it's called Megaforce. And he looks at me, and he says, more like Mega Fart. And then <laughs> so he's like standing. He goes, more like Mega Fart, and then he does that thing where he like, you know, makes it rain and walks oh, wow. out of my room. Leaving me alone. <laughs> wow. I love your that is kid. Awesome. <laughs> he says some of the greatest shit, and it is absolutely hilarious. You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 187, Side B. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you probably shouldn't have loved yesterday. My name is Hondo Clamdigger, and I'm joined by Twig Giggleberries <laughs> and a man who, when he takes Viagra, only gets a stiff neck. Ouch. <laughs> Poor. This is a side B episode, and we're going to talk about the 1982 movie Megaforce. And of course, we'll answer our Give Me Five question of the week. It occurs to me that Omar is the uh, Jason Newstead of the podcast, where he oh, gets come tormented on. by us. Did you really have to do that? <laughs> it, it seems like he's more tormented by that statement than anything that we've hit him with so far. Jason Newstead <laughs> was in Metallica longer than Cliff Burton was alive, and he was still the punching bag. Okay? So, like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually true, isn't it? Holy shit. But thanks for that, Greg. I appreciate that. I'm going to go yeah, drink well, myself and do a stupor. Cry into his wine now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listening to Flotsam uh, and Jetsam. Okay, we done. are moving on here. Um, listen, so, here's the deal. We're going to spoil this and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Cause I still don't understand what I just watched. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, sir. <laughs> um, there will be spoilers. You've heard this before. I don't really know how to spoil this. I, I really don't. I'm going to, I'm actually, you know, here's what I'm going to do. You, here's a, uh, what would spoil this movie is okay, watching it. That's fair. I'm going to do a first and actually try to spoil it. And I will fail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm going to give it a... I'm going to actually try to spoil this movie. Uh, you've been warned. It won't matter in your life, I promise. <laughs> What's the movie that we're watching today? The the movie in question is Megaforce. Megaforce. <laughs> it was released on June 25th of 1982. Directed by Hal Needham. Stars Barry Bostwick, Michael Beck, Persis Kambata... Edward Mulhair, George Firth, Henry Silva, Mike Kolskar, Ralph Wilcox, Evan C. Kim, and Anthony Pena. The synopsis. Story about rapid deployment defense unit that is called into action whenever freedom is threatened. Wait, that was rapid deployment? It took 45 minutes for them to actually do anything. <laughs> I know. And, 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 the, and, and it was like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go in a week. 
yeah. was like, okay. Well, rapid deployment. But that, that oddly alarm enough, is going off. Okay, well, we need to discuss this. Quick, show you my motorcycle stunts. Yes, I'm going to show you what I can do with my motorcycle. And the, if the if the synopsis sounds familiar, that's probably because Trey Stone and Matt Parker were big fans of this movie when they were kids, and they based Team America, whatever, whatever Hunger Force, yes. great yes. movie, <laughs> Team Force. America. World Police off of this movie. Okay, that makes sense. So, I'm afraid to ask, what what did you guys think of this movie? So my initial thoughts is I had seen this poster a million times. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies that, and I've referenced this a few times, they had that one rack of, DV, of VHS tapes that you could buy at Publix, and it right. was right near the time clock, so when you were waiting to punch in or out, you would look at them, and they had uh, DEFCON 4 uh-huh. with, like, the skeleton, like, half covered in the dirt mm-hmm. there. And they had this cover. And you looked at it, and that, and I vaguely think I maybe saw it, but I don't really remember it because it's not really memorable. But I did think that the vehicles they showed on the back of the box and the cover was really, really kind of cool. Um, this movie, in general, really is very clearly a... Uh, I'll say a vehicle, but it is a vehicle for selling toys. It is. Is it though? Because I'm not even sure that it was. I mean, it may have it been is. made by toy people, but I don't know that it actually succeeded in that aspect. Well, it didn't succeed, but that's what okay. they were trying to do. They really wanted their own version of G.I. Joe. Right. They wanted it to be a vehicle, and it was such a shitty movie that it ended up not being a vehicle. Yeah. So my my initial thought was really that I'd seen it a bunch like the cover a bunch of times and as soon as it started and I started reading more about it for the episode I'm like this is GI Joe Light and we'll talk about that later. Omar, I don't uh, I don't remember this cover like it's not like you know Scanners or April Fool's Day or whatever you know some like the great covers from that time um, and I don't remember I don't I don't remember this. Um, I can tell you that my... He doesn't even remember it, and he watched it yesterday. uh, It's lit... Okay. Let me put it to you this way. (laughs) My initial thought, days ago when I started watching this, uh, today's... uh, Right? Okay, so it's been about four days, or five days. My initial thought then is the same as it is now, and I can tell you, I'm not joking, it's literally playing on my television as we speak again, and my initial thought is the same... What the hell is going on? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a stupid person. I've got a couple of different degrees and things like that under my name. One of them's history, and I'm watching this, and I don't, ah, uh, shit. I don't, I'm literally watching it now, and it's the scene where the early on, I'm playing it again because it's been playing uh, for days, and they're, <laughs> He's watching it. It's on a literally loop. on right now. It's <laughs> he's into masochism. It's where the three motorcycles they're doing like wheelies and like shooting balloons out of the sky to like practice. Ah, uh, yeah. So the showing off Her... for the chick. Oh, she yeah. hasn't arrived yet. Wait, is she there yet? Yeah, she. Is they don't know she's there yet. They're just they're doing, doing a. Like practice, they're just doing, doing um, tests. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, practice. It's just. Uh... Yeah. So, so with your history, Yuri, do you uh, remember when Sadawan uh, was attacked by Zimibia? Uh, no, I don't. 
I will tell you the one thing that helped me when we get into the synopsis. Like, at the very beginning. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's that. Let's let's actually uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the characters here. So, uh, well... Oh, sorry. My my thoughts were, as, as I'm watching this, I'm like, all right, so the special effects are dated. But they're not terrible for for the time period that it's in but they they are in fact dated and the acting isn't horrendous but the but god the movie is just bad i i i think it had to do with with the writing and the directing um like you pointed out greg it's it's kind of what happens when you make a movie strictly to sell toys but the people who are in charge of making the movie aren't actually movie people so it it's just it it's like it's like a beautiful cake that looks delicious and then you cut into it, and it has dry, uncooked spots, and maybe some little bastard dropped his convenience store G.I. Joe knockoff into the batter, <laughs> and the baker didn't care enough to pull it out, so now his features are all melted and staring at you in horrified accusation. That's that's kind who, of where this who movie... Hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where this movie sat, you know? He really, like, honestly, hasn't been the same since Robo Vampire. He really hasn't. <laughs> I think that's what broke me. It's, we've we, we've been discussing this behind the scenes for a long time, Rob, and we, we think it's time you talk to someone about I, yeah. the, your Robo Vampire. About Robo Vampire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I can I can see that. So, um, the director of this movie is Hal Needham. He was a stuntman, but he did, of course, direct other big name movies even before this, Cannonball Run, and uh, I know the other one, but I don't have it right in front of me. He did Smokey uh, well, the Bandit. The Cannibal Run, it was just... Cannibal and Smokey the Bandit, that was uh, it. St- mm-hmm. uh, Stoker Ace. Yes. Really likes those uh, Ace Well, here's the deal. There. He he he, so. he worked a lot with Burt Reynolds. And when I when when we started like looking into this movie, um, and I, I remember seeing Hal Needham as the director, and I, I remember thinking, where the hell have I heard that? And then it all came rushing back to me. Uh, for those of you that are Archer fans, there's uh, mm-hmm. a whole storyline where Archer's mom is dating Burt Reynolds, and Hal Needham is actually mentioned in that show as as uh, as uh, uh, the originator of a stunt. Um, it, I'm not going to get into the details of like how because you know whatever, but that's how that's why I remembered it. And then when I looked him up, I was like, there it is, the Burt Reynolds connection, right? Gotcha. Which I thought was really funny. Makes sense. Uh, it also has Barry Bostwick. He's the lead character, Ace Hunter. And uh, he was uh, known for, I guess, Rocky Horror, which I've never seen all of because it drives me nuts. Uh, but he was hired in a weird way for it. Like, wasn't really an action star. He was very more, a lot more flamboyant. Mm-hmm. And they found him in Pirates of Penzance. Oh, my God, I love that movie. Like, live yeah. on Broadway. The one on Broadway, though. Which, if you like one, you'll like both. Um, also known for, which I did not realize, he was also in Spin City. He was the, the mayor. That's right. Um, so, he, he gets it, I think. I think he understands what it is. He was really game for this movie. Like, he was, like, there's a little documentary about this that you can find on YouTube. Like, everything you need to know about Megaforce, which is actually better than the movie itself. In that it's 15 minutes, and I, you can watch it quickly. And they talk. They just talk about how excited he was to be in this kind of movie that was like a Star Wars ripoff and toys, et cetera, et cetera. We're gonna say toys a lot. I think if you guys do a drinking game out there and you drink every time I say toys, you're gonna die. So just be aware. We're not. I've been drinking liable. for hours. 
Does that count? Uh, was it a Star Wars <laughs> ripoff or was it more of a G.I. Joe ripoff? It was it was one of those things that everything wanted to be the next Star Wars, not necessarily a Star Wars ripoff, but like they wanted to be the next Star Wars when it came to the mm-hmm. merchandise. But here's the thing. It. This actually reminded me of, and I know that this is before the thing that I'm going to say, but this actually reminded me a lot of Mask. Yep, I was okay. just going to say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to take your thunder. The share yeah. movie. No. <laughs> yeah. Eric Stoltz. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with the, the guy with the – no, yeah, yeah, it totally did. Especially the, the base where it had, like, the door mm-hmm. built into the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And the cool mm-hmm. vehicles and everything. And yeah. the flying helicopter. Yep. Those they were, were so cool. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, Barry Boswick. Michael Beck played Dallas. The, uh, the I think the brains of the operation. <laughs> in some ways I, the only the only member of megaforce who did not wear a country's flag on his shoulder yeah yeah he was because he was southern so of course he had to have the uh, confederate flag on his shoulder uh good at shooting snakes because them little suckers sometimes cheat uh-huh. without their rattles and you know where he stands because uh, he's in wearing the desert, trouble of course. most of the time yes <clears throat> yep so that was that was good old dallas uh persis Kambata, who played zara uh you know what else she was in? No. Did you look that up? Uh, she was Ilya in the Star Trek movie, the bald one. Really? Hmm. That was her? Yeah. Well, she yep. looks good in this movie. Um, I don't know what to say about that. She's gorgeous. Um, yeah. Sadly, she passed away very, very really? young. She uh, she was in a car accident, which harmed her heart. And I guess the car accident caused her to have to have a bypass. I don't know how that happens. Maybe it crushed the heart. I don't know if that you'd know um, that. Was she driving? Yes. She probably hit the steering column. Okay, which crushed something in her heart, and then it yeah. caused her, of course, to have lifetime heart problems. So a few, uh, not too long afterwards, it might have been right afterwards. I don't know. I didn't look too much. It got me sad because she was she was actually like be- like a beautiful person. Yeah, she was. Well, she's a she was a model, Miss Universe, nineteen sixty five. Yep. Uh, Edward Mulhair played Burn White, who and Edward Mulhair is from what other movie or TV show rather? I don't know. He's the old British guy. Oh, uh, he, yeah. He looked familiar, and I never looked him up. Knight Rider. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He's Devin, a Knight Rider. Uh, and uh, Ralph Wilcox was Zach- Zachary Taylor. I like that guy. Um, <laughs> and later on, we get introduced to his brother, Millard Fillmore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, is it good old Zachary Taylor who... Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about this movie. This is weird because we we've, we've started kind of doing a little bit of a summary and just kind of picking things out to talk about. And there's really not a lot. This is a very straightforward movie, probably because I guess it was really aimed towards kids, kind of. Oh, but even then, it's kind of a shit show. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, so I remember a long time ago I got some GI Joe comics, and I, I tend to do this where I'll go back and like remember. And I remember there was a GI Joe comic that I got that there was three dudes in a car. And they were complaining about how these palm trees kept on freezing over. So they replaced them with, like, they were, this is literally a comic from the 80s. They were, like, talking about, oh, yeah, these palm trees, they're fake because they kept freezing over. The real ones kept freezing over, so they just replaced them with fake ones. And the government overspends and all this stuff. And, like, I was first of all, it's a comic book. If you draw a palm tree, it doesn't matter if it looks fake. Or, like, it's not going to be obvious if it's plastic or not especially with in the 80s that was one thing i thought was weird but like if you really look back at gi joe there's so much conversation about like 
how much stuff is and taxing and all that. And they do this in this movie too. And I guess that was a big thing in the eighties. Like when you're talking about the military, mm-hmm. it's like, they talk, Oh, the space was so expensive that even our mops cost $30,000. That's really interesting. Do you think that like, I mean, this is like the Reagan era. Do you think that yeah. has something to do with it? When they were dumping money into the military. Huh? Well, I think, I mean, the GI Joe thing, the guy that wrote all of the GI Joe stuff and created everything was a Vietnam veteran. So he had some legit gripes. Well, that's fair. Um, but I don't know, just, this was, it was just a weird time to bring it up, but like, you know, we, we cost us $30,000 on brooms and mops. Like, are you using them wrong? (laughs) Like, like, the hell are you doing with the brooms and mops? So I just thought that was kind of a weird thing that went through the I think he was just commenting as to how big the facility was or how how big they wanted you to think. Well, that, that comes from a lot of the facility. Some of that comes from, um, like private companies that were hired to, uh, like contract to like mil- like for military purposes, they were charging exorbitant fees, blah blah blah, and so I don't know if you've ever heard, like but like you know, forty dollar hammers and stuff like that, and yeah. that's where mm-hmm. I think yeah. I, I mean I don't know for sure. Like we'd have to maybe research it more, but that sounds like that's where this came yeah. from. I am not going to no, do that. Me neither. Yeah, I'm not going to do it either. <laughs> I'm done with this movie after this episode. I love this movie. It is uh, all yours, sir. Okay, so they start off, opening screen, you know, very dark and dreary, and it's like, you know, there's synth music in the background, and there's a whole story there, which I can't play because we don't have a way to do it, but there's a whole story there. It's a black and white heat vision credits kind of thing. That's neat. Yeah, where they really they desaturate the hell out of it. So it looks like, it, it, looks, it does look like an old video game in a way. Like, so it's, they do this, this whole thing. And I'm watching it going, is is that a tank? Yeah. I can't quite tell, but it, I think it's a tank. Yeah. And then they cut to a, an area that's, that is actually very dark to see see where they are. But there's like this general guy reading from an actual composition notebook. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it. One of the ones with like the little black oh, and white yeah. spots on it. Yep, yep. He's like reading like, we are not going to harm you. And if you just comply, we will be. But as he's reading, second. what else and is he they... saying? He's I literally saying what, comma, you know? <laughs> period. Yeah, oh. he's reading he's the punctuation. Reading punctuation as like, he's reading it. Why is he doing okay, that? that? That totally flipped me out. Like, I was like, what the hell am I watching? So I had to go back. I think this movie didn't know if it wanted to be a comedy. Like, I think that it was serious, and then they like, we need to make this more funny. Let's make the guy read the commas. <laughs> I think that's really well, what happened. I read that it wanted to be a... a a campy romp but the everyone wants a big campy romp <laughs> well it, it the 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 i don't know if it was the producer or the director that he wanted it to be a campy romp but to be serious and i'm like okay those those two are kind of mutually yeah, exclusive you yeah. can't you can't have a campy romp and then have it be a serious movie it's you know, it's one or the other bro but and and as a result, I think that shows up in that it was lost and didn't really know what it wanted to do. I wanted to be super edgy and pornographic, but also a family <laughs> film. Exactly. <laughs> well, welcome I to my world. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Well, <laughs> but here's described, the thing: because we were biography. saying about how like this is kind of like a wannabe GI Joe thing. But that whole like we're laughing about how that guy was reading the punctuation. But the stuff that he was saying was super, like, Soviet Union communist. 
And I think that was the point. They were trying to, like, show the bad guys with, like, the tanks, you know? Like, everything he was saying was very, like, Soviet, you know. The only thing he didn't say was the word comrade is basically what I'm saying. So, like, it was very, like, this is supposed to, because it's 82, right? So this is, like. philosophy. Right, exactly. But that's exactly what it was. Because he was saying, essentially, after my third or fourth time watching this, I realized that what they were doing was trying to convince man. the people that um, they were there for the benefit of the worker, not for the, mm-hmm. you know, the owners of the means of production. And everyone who's yeah. listening right now has fallen asleep. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> what? Well, huh? well, well, okay, so the, this is where I re- very much realized. Okay, this is definitely a G.I. Joe ripoff where they there's of course showing the tanks moving across the desert and like we're in the middle of like some kind of war uh, yeah oh yes and they blow up a a power plant after the speech I forgot that part because I scrolled but they blow up a a power plant which you know is a power plant getting blown up like I guess that's how you take over a country is blowing up a power plant no no it was very obviously a model thank you because they did not put anything on the inside of the model and as the walls blew out, you could see it was hollow. Thank you. And I'm like, all right, somebody dropped a ball on that one because <laughs> it was obviously a model with blew like up the model. In it. Thank and you it was just... for pulling me right out of the movie. I very clear that it was a power plant. That's funny. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it was it was a square box that had shit painted on the outside. <laughs> Let's blow it up, and you could tell that it was like plastic or something. You shit. absolutely could. Because 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 the inside the inside was white. So moving on, they they cut a couple little things where they can't attack these people to get rid of them because of uh, some government stuff, which I'm, it's boring, so we're not going to talk about that. They do then cut to the desert, and there is a woman, Zara, who's the attractive princess, I believe, or or the heir to this kingdom that got attacked. Mm-hmm. And then, like, an older British guy who, I guess, he's, like, a British protectorate, maybe? Or consultant, or... Because it, yeah. it seems like he's controlling an army there or something, so... That's my point, yeah. is no one knows. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't really, they didn't really explain nope. it. He's just there. And he was angry at something. Because every desert country has a British protector. <laughs> it's still the Cold War. Back then it did. Yeah. So, yeah, they... they they go, and this is where we are introduced to Dallas. And they do. I don't know if this now is the time to talk about it because there's some worse ones. This movie is the king of bad reaction shots and bad edits. Over and over again, they cut to random things that, and they do it too many times. Like, hey, we, we know there's a snake coming, but they keep on cutting back to the snake. There's, throughout the whole movie, I noticed that there was like something lame would happen and mm-hmm. they would cut to the reaction shots. But, None of the people were actually reacting. It's not like the the Samurai Cop movie where every time they cut to the black guy, he was like, oh, yeah, damn. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he was like mid-orgasm whenever they cut to him. You know, these are the yeah. people who are like literally, it was like they, so. Like sitting there picking their nose and shit. My thought, honestly, was that this was supposed to be a pilot for a TV show. It was supposed to be like, you know, 45 minutes long plus commercials. And then they decided to lengthen it with extra footage. And so that's why they added so many damn insert shots that were nothing. <laughs> like someone would do a, a wheelie for the 90th time and they'd be like, huh? 
Oh, let's show that. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they meet at the desert. And again. What this, this whole meeting is to, for this girl and this dude to hire the Megaforce, who's a, I guess, a formerly top secret team that's like a private army. Basically, Blackwater without like the innocent village <laughs> slaughter. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I don't speak. I don't say anything that's unfair. I mean, I'm going to get murdered now, but. Remember, we live in Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> so. Yes. Uh, so they, it's basically what they are. You know, they're a private mercenary force. Um, and who, even when they're trying to murder people, don't somehow. Uh, and they <laughs> go and. This movie uh, has a body count of zero. <laughs> it's a lot of rockets. The girl and the guy are waiting there. The guy, the, the old British dude is complaining and. Why would they meet us here in the middle of the desert? And then Dal- Dallas comes up wearing a giant skull T-shirt, which I thought was freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, like I am, I am the best sniper on the planet, or whatever. And look at my <laughs> del- delightful, juicy tobacco. And they yeah, then meet skull, the team. not skull. Yes, yeah, skull. Yeah, S K O A S K O A L. Yep. The, the the chewing tobacco. Uh. There's a little thing with a hologram here. Yeah, why? Yeah, I, I don't I understand what that, that was about. Why, why did they do that? They showed it. They showed it a couple of times. You never really got a good view of it, and I'm not really sure why it was even there. And it didn't make sense because it wasn't a hologram of. So like, it was a hologram of a girl in a bikini on a beach. But it was, she was on the beach. So if they projected it in the middle of the desert, you had this random square of ocean water. Yeah, and I mean, after I examined it for like two hours, um, I continued the movie and just (laughs) (laughs) and just realized that like, don't try to you know, don't don't try to unlock that mystery. Just move on. You know what I mean? God, Rob, this movie you chose this week could have actually killed Omar. (laughs) It very possibly could have, yes, or at least put him into a coma. (laughs) I'm very tired. (laughs) (laughs) He has not Uh, had much sleep now. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So it was the the hologram situation, and I, this is where I wrote when they got to the base with the the big metal door. I went, "This is mask." So, and they also showed the old man sitting in a in the truck in the heat. Like all of them were all compressed together, and all I could think was that that truck definitely smells like old British dude farts. <laughs> yep, there's I no way it's Earl Grey without question. <laughs> yeah, like Earl Grey and and malt vinegar. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. The motorcycle guys, as you mentioned, with, uh, this is the part that Omar was just watching on the TV. He, They're doing like a demonstration or they're practicing basically launching rockets. Apparently those rockets actually did pretty good, pretty good, like, had pretty good aim because they started actually <laughs> using them. Did you, did you see the one that they shot off later in the movie that did like a little curly cue? Yep. <laughs> You actually saw the trail come out from the motorcycle and go, woo, and, like, spin off. No. <laughs> like a bottle rocket. Well, so those were, like, the rockets you used to buy at, like, hobby stores that you would, like, with balsa wood and stuff that you'd make. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, and, like, apparently they did such a good job that they decided to add them in for later sequences. Right. Uh, they were fairly is... accurate from, from what they were saying. You know, of course, uh, excepting that one little errant... Uh, Pew. <laughs> yeah, the little pigtail one that they had, but 
Um, and then, of course, when they realize these people are there, they start doing tricks and jumping over the cars and wheelies and whatever because, you know, motorcycles. Uh, this is when we get introduced to Ace Hunter. I've been, trying to convince, I've been trying to convince my wife to call me Ace Hunter. And <laughs> How's that going? She just I'm not sure at you. If, I'm not sure if she's just laughing hard at me, but I'm pretty sure I almost heard her say it. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we know Alicia. <laughs> she, she gave me she a wedgie and pushed no, me down No, I, I think what you heard was your kid snickering at you from the corner. <laughs> yeah, more like mega fart, Dad. <laughs> more like ace loser. <laughs> My child's going to put me in an insane asylum. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're meeting Hunt, uh, Hunter. What do you think? What do you think of this this man with his luxurious mane of hair? Uh, yummy is the first thing that I thought. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a sweet headband. Yes, he does. Dude, are you reading my notes? And I don't understand what was with the baby blue headband that he was wearing because baby blue did not go with anything that he Even had the on. the gold LeMay suit that he had later on? Yeah, he had that like tan. And and by the way, I I absolutely see where they wanted to go cheap with the toys because they made those costumes so just generic and flat that all they had to do was just print a mold and just paint it tan. Yes, they didn't yeah. have to like mold clothing or anything. They just they just like have this one mold and just switch out the heads and that's it. Do they have to mold his giant bulge? Uh, it really wasn't that giant. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't. Oh it wasn't that God. giant. There was every time he was on the screen, I was like, I can't look away from the from from I, the man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I did to. notice. I'll tell you what, what I did notice though was, was that? that as the movie went on, uh, Persis Kambata's character, her zipper kept getting lower and lower and lower every scene she was in on her shirt. Yeah. I did not notice that, but I will. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> By the time they by the time they get to the um to the to the base, she's gone from being buttoned up to being to about here, and then when he comes and meets her in a room, it is literally down at the bottom of her cleavage. Well she I'm was like she was all sorts of she, thirsty for Hunter Ace after that jump over. She the is car. advertising, boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> she was like, Yes. I think in the animal world we call it presenting. <laughs> Exactly. On my screen uh, right now, it's a uh, skydiving. Uh, okay. oh, we'll get to that. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, so they enter the base. They get an intro of the base. This is where that uh, forty thousand dollars, not thirty, it was forty thousand uh, dollars. They actually explain the base. It's underground. It has gyro stabilizers. It can take a twenty-five megaton hit. It has seven levels and forty thousand dollars in in mops and brooms. Uh, has living quarters, science weapons. Uh, and the boats and other gizmos are at the other base, which was probably call for a sequel. And uh, the science guy, which I forget his name. Do you remember the Egg. science guy's name? Egg, yeah. Egg uh, has more degrees than a thermometer. So, <laughs> I actually liked that line. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I that's forgot what, about that's that. what Omar should have said, actually. That's what Omar should have said when he was saying that, <laughs> that the movie made him dumber. Yeah. I've got more degrees than a thermometer, but... And this is when they explain what the what the uh, base what the team Megaforce is all about. They say that it's volunteers from a bunch of different countries, and as I uh, wrote, a perhaps a uh, daring, highly trained special mission force whose purpose is to defend human freedom against Cobra. 
a ruthless <laughs> terrorist organization determined to rule the world? Question mark. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because that's pretty much what it was. Uh, another costume to talk about. We talked about costumes in our last episode, so let's talk about them again. What do you think of the the fashionable dinner attire? Real quick before we do that. With the yes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. This caught my attention right away, and you said it a minute ago. The base can withstand a 25 megaton. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it can, and here's why. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a lesson on structural because engineering the, the from bomb Omar. that destroyed an entire city called Hiroshima was only 21 kilotons. So I don't care where you're located. A 20. A 20. A 25 megaton bomb. I don't care how many gyroscopes you're resting on. <laughs> I don't care if you're seven levels down. You're not surviving that. Okay. If you did, you, wait. Did you see the size of his hair? <laughs> so. You know what? I did not factor that in. I'm sorry. His hair will, in fact, deflect the bomb. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. It will gather the energy, and as long as he releases that energy through his. Uh, his red cravat on his fashion uh, dinner. What is it called? The, the dress, the, dress form, the formal dress, uh, the formal dress thing. Yeah. Thank it, you. Good. I wrote down the word cravat yes. in big letters. <laughs> <laughs> we, I swear that we're looking at each other's notes because I had cravat. I had mask, which you said I had, uh, I actually even had the exact uh, term sweet headband. Oh my God. <laughs> which and it was, it. And his dress suit was still, in fact, a sleek one-piece bodysuit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With a red triangle, which was really colorful. With a colorful. cravat. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all wearing the same thing. It was like, ah, oh, I see you're wearing the one with the red triangle, too. Well, I think that they had to, because uh, that's their yeah. dinner wear? I don't, under, I don't, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> my God. So they also, so I guess... They're discussing this this bad guy, and there's really no plan. I'm like, it's again boring. The bad guy is this dude with a beard, and we have he, no idea what his motivation is. Yeah, he's, he's also a he's a former friend. He's also a, uh, I guess, a mercenary that is working with this t- with this one country that took over the other country. Um, if you oh, are, see, I didn't even get all of that. <laughs> I thought he just took over and was a dictator. No, the other guy was. Oh, the other guy was a dictator. He was the advisor. Gotcha. Yeah. But again, it's one. It's very poorly spelled out. Two, it's bad. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, they're kind of making a plan, and the the woman wants to join. And this is a weird thing because it, he was it was like kind of sexist, but they tried to make it not sexist, which is at least a little harder than most of the movies we've watched try. But they're like they make her like do all this training, like oh okay you can do it, and then they're like yeah we weren't going to let you do it anyway because. We've all been working together. All 60 of us have been working together, so you can't. Um, what do you think of the training sequence? All the sequences. What the training same. sequence? I. Yeah. Uh, the it, the training sequence was the the um, with her. It was like a test where they did the uh, the jumping out of an airplane thing. Oh. The virtual reality thing, which was actually oddly accurate. Um, for back then. Yeah. It's coming from someone who 
worked in that world what uh 90s i guess it was 2001 so it was a few years many years later but it wasn't that far off she smoked it and he's like yeah no you still can't come you're yeah. a chick is it just me we gotta talk the skydiving is insane is it just me or did they fall in love like while they were free falling during the skydiving scene am i am i misreading yeah, i think that? so i think that's what it is so yeah, like there's a skydiving thing where she's like, like he's basically telling her what to do after they're already in the plane. Like, yeah, zero she's training. Like, okay, and then, she, yeah, it just jumps out of an airplane. Um, and as soon as she jumps out of the the train, the plane, it immediately turns to like love boat Correct. music. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing yeah. that I got out of that, and I'm like, he's explaining all that to her. Where did that come? And she from? was just patiently waiting for him to shut up because she already knew all that. Like she, she, yeah. she was already like well trained, yeah. and then she just and she's like, yeah, okay, she you're like, done, she and then she just jumps out of the plane, and he's like, okay, yeah. I'm in love. Now this sequence, how long was the sequence? Do you know? The I'm gonna sequence. say it was about four minutes and forty five seconds. That was close. Yeah, it's about it's over the four skydiving? minutes. Skydiving. Um, wait, yes, of skydiving shots of these people falling to the earth, reaching out, touching each other's hands, all to the dulcet tones of like whatever or the love boat theme is something like that yeah it was like oh boy <laughs> yeah now at this point my big thought was this was theoretically a movie safe for kids up to this point there were matchbox cars already made that were going to try to get people to you know really buy in on this they know what kids like that is four-minute-long skydiving romantic sequences set to, as you right. said, Harry Mancini. Um, and, so, and also mixed in with complaining about, like, government budgets <laughs> and very and very intricate uh, stories involving fake Middle Eastern what countries. What seven-year-old doesn't like a plunging neckline on a woman? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I did. But <laughs> yeah. Well, me too. But, yeah. Um. This and of course they they do the uh, the simulation thing, which was as I said was, was not too far off. She, at the very end, she's like, "Perfect score. What else do you want to see me do?" And I was like, "I was saying things under my breath that I can't put on the podcast. What else would I like to see you do? See, see, see this ping pong ball? No, no. I got a donkey over here. Oh my god! <laughs> Completely the wrong movie. But what's funny is I I said. Instead, like I, I didn't write that down because I am not as terrible a person as I sound like right now. Uh, I was like, "How about a Rubik's cube?" And then later, there was actually a whole sequence about a Rubik's cube. There was, <laughs> which I was That's like, "Really funny. sweet." Yeah, uh, we get the alarm going off, and that's the where they you first see our flesh-colored uh, lame <laughs> outfits. They throw them on, and I thought they were naked at first. And by they, I mean, you know, uh, Clint Chest Hair or whatever his name is. (laughs) Nicknamed Crispy. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So Lycra bodysuits designed by Mattel. Uh, No, I'm sure you saw this too, Rob. There was no actual costume designer uh, like listed. So, yeah. Yeah, there was there was no credited costume designer. All of the clothes were designed by the toy company Mattel. They were the ones who were trying to generate something to compete with GI Joe. 
Well, that makes sense. The e- easier to mass produce. It, it, make, yeah. it, it makes perfect sense, really. <clears throat> and back then, I mean, the, the marketing drove everything. Um, more so than today, because of there are laws against it now, to be honest. Um, which is also why Saturday morning cartoons went away. So you can determine based on if the laws are good Wait, or bad. why did Saturday morning cartoons go away? Uh, I don't remember the actual act. It was uh, it was Clinton signed it in. There was an act that you couldn't have a show specifically as advertising. Really, like for to ki- aimed at kids at, at for a certain time. So that's why the Saturday morning cartoons dried up because most of them were just advertising for the toys. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, I was learning about it in college as they were signing it, so I don't really remember it exactly. But it was also, I believe, the same act that allowed. Um, High definition televisions to exist, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah, but the, you know how you know how that goes. They, um, they fold all that stuff in together. Yeah, we're, we're an entertainment yeah, show. We should also do like this movie and just start talking about you know budgets and stuff. Yeah, oh definitely. <laughs> um, so the dude who is supposed to be a top secret extra badass stunt man extraordinaire that has killed thousands, maybe not, has almost killed thousands of people, rides a motorcycle, and he's sitting there. Not even able to think about his mission on the airplane. Why, Rob or Omar? Why? Because he's in love now. Yes, because he he's thinking there. about Miss Kambata. Yes. I don't, even know I don't even know what her name was in the movie. Doesn't matter. Uh, Zara. It was oh, Zara. Zara. That's right. That's kind of a cool name, actually. Yeah. Zara. I like that name. Yeah, so he meets a girl a couple hours earlier, and now he can't concentrate on his mission. And she was pretty hot. Yeah, but and then his buddy says this phrase: "You love him in blue, and you love him in red, but most of all, you love yeah. him in blue." <laughs> I I didn't get that. Like you didn't hear it, or you didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Yeah, I didn't either. I actually, at this point, when I finished the movie, I was walking my dog at the entire time. I walked my dog. I realized I was thinking about that one. But line. who's the one who said it to him? And I was like, yeah, exactly. Himself. He was like, what idiot He's said like, that? You did. He's like, you did. He's like, ah, that makes sense of that. <laughs> exactly. That's really funny. Yep. So, onward. We get to know a little bit more about the villain now. Other, And we find out he's really villainous because he cheats at chess. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I actually thought that he was going to kill the dude after he cheated because he was like, checkmate. And, like, if that was a James Bond movie, he would have been dead. But he didn't. Uh, they do... There's some stunts here with the uh, the jet. So the the jet flies over, and some, someone take this. Would how how do they leave the jet? The big giant, you know, the big cargo thing. Oh, you mean when they? You mean when they're when they're being dropped yeah. off, yeah, or yeah. how does he leave her when they're getting on the jet to go? Because it's this this long like multiple oh, thumb the, kiss oh, thing. Thumb kiss. Do we do we want to talk about thumb kisses? Well, well, that combined with the fact when he swung up onto the jet as it was moving, he like grabs the thing, <laughs> swings around, lands on the platform in like this, this you know gunslinger stance, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? All he had to do was step yeah, onto so it. They do a thumb kiss thing, where they kiss the like pad of their thumb and then like, yeah, hold it's it out weird. and hold it out, which is weird, and. Kind of gross, actually. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, 
Like, had he fallen to the ground and started burying his face between her thighs, I think I would have been less <laughs> offended than that. <laughs> like, like what? No. Wow. Yeah. Well, but, so when they get when they get to their and, location, and we, hold on, I, we're not done okay. yet. I still want to talk about this thing because I, I made note of that too. That's where like the Pirates of Penzance thing. I'm like, I'm sure that that one scene is like, we got to hire this guy because we have that scene where he jumps up, grabs the yeah, it's like the the little hydraulic cable thing, and swings around onto the ramp, and is like ta da, and lands in this like bent knee open pot open stance. <laughs> it's like and all of his buddies are like, oh, like. Like, if this was really in the military, and I've worked with enough military guys that I, I'm not in the military because I'm a big wuss and those dudes are awesome. Uh, I've been around enough military dudes to know that if, like, any of them did that move, that people would have been like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, we're, we're going to shoot this guy, right? <laughs> Somebody tell me we're going to shoot this guy. <laughs> like, we're we're going to accidentally leave a grenade in his sleeping bag, That's right? Funny. Like, but they were all like, oh, what a cool move. Good yeah. show, old chap. <laughs> and I just realized you were saying Pirates of Penzance, and I was thinking of the movie Ice Pirates. So that's a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a wonderful movie, sir. Uh, have some more wine. That was another one yeah, of my picks one. that we did. Yeah. I prefer that over Pirates of Penzance. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I prefer that over this I one. I agree with you completely. Which means that he completely okayed the fact that I said that Ice Pirates was a Broadway yeah, show. I totally did. I, I My brain went blank. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He just let that go. He's like, oh, well, all right, sure. I might have to look and see I'm if I can find it. I'm a bottle and a half of wine, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're, we're basically, they go up in a plane. They jump out of the back of the plane on helicopters. They land a lot. They land pretty smooth. Um in there, and this is where we really get a chance to see their like all of their vehicles. Are you talking about the parachuting um, part? There were, yeah, 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 yeah when they parachute like all down. the vehicles. I um, counted, where, by the way. Where it, my comment was, how many effing vehicles are in this plane? I counted. Omar knows that. How I, I rewound it back, and it, it's difficult because of the way that the scene cuts together. I counted thirty-eight vehicles mm-hmm. that were that I'm they like, actually is, made. This is a goddamn clown well, plane. Well, that's the other thing is how big is this fucking plane <laughs> that all these things are coming out of it? Well, that's kind of what I was getting at. I'm like, what the? Well, there are two of them. There so. was two, but the way that it's shot, you, like you see them coming. They shot it like it was one. They did shoot it like mm-hmm. it was one, and they shoot it like from the angle, like the, the car's kind of coming towards you, and then the angle changes, and it's kind of like falling out of the plane. And then it changes real quick, and there's, a quick, and there's another car coming towards you. And then it changes, and that then you see that car falling out of the plane. And then it changes back to where there's like two motorcycles coming towards you, and it's just like rapid fire. Like it took me forever to count this shit out, but I counted thirty-eight. <laughs> Some stay he's oh, still yeah. counting to this and day. In the wind, you can hear his ghost counting. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, at this point, I did not give a shit enough to go back and count these vehicles. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be. How many vehicles are in? But here's the thing. At first, I I thought it was a lot. I can't. And then I realized, 38. That's not enough to have a war. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, (laughs) so which is it, man? (laughs) You guys better be good. You better be really good. Come to think of it, we could beat these guys. No, uh, the two of the vehicles are actually at the um, the Celebrity Car Museum. 
which I saw, I, I looked them up to the, one of the dune buggies, one of the bikes is at the celebrity car museum and it, and I saw like Facebook pictures and that's it. And I was like, Ooh, celebrity car museum. I want to go there. I looked it up and it's in Branson, Missouri, not going there. No, no. So, unless I just happened to be driving through Branson, Missouri. On and I'm like, way to LA. Oh, the celebrity car museum. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, uh, the, uh, ice, uh, the ice car from uh, Fast and the Furious is there too. What is it? The ice charger, I think. Yeah, ice charger. Yeah, so anyway, ice on. charger. Uh, the there's a, one of the dudes. I, I I think he might have been the general or just some like random military guy is like spying where they on this area where they landed. So they're supposed to be like top secret, and they like are immediately found by this random dude who gets then tricked and sidetracked by the hologram that we saw earlier. Of the girl on the beach in the desert. Yeah. Random beach. So, And there's there's just a bunch of things they're, they're gathering together, and it's like, it's just so dumb, because like, if these people were that vicious, the bad guys, they would just be like, oh, yeah, there's a fighting force amassing on our shores. Uh, we should probably take any of our 100 tanks and blow up their 32 <laughs> motorcycles and then get I'm back sorry, to doing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 38. <laughs> but do you know what I like about that scene? Sorry. It's like, there was like motorcycles with little rockets on the front. Blowing up armored tanks, <laughs> and the tanks yeah. were like they were. Those helpless. were some good they, rockets. Those tanks were helpless. They they couldn't do anything against these dudes on dune buggies and motorcycles. I was like, "What yeah. the fuck am I watching? Like this is crazy." I don't mean to brag, but the uh, this is where we get the meeting. The uh, there, there's earlier in the movie they talk about this lighter. The guy's like, I got, I almost had this guy join our team, and I was this close, and he holds up a lighter, and then there's like this whole thing about like the guy stole his lighter and whatever. So we have the villain, who's like this evil mercenary theoretically, mm-hmm. and Ace Hunter, seeing each other for their first time, and they meet with a giant hug. Now I will say, I've seen a lot of bad movies with villains and good guys, and I'm think, and I, for some reason, I thought back to the first time. Rob and I saw each other after what six, seven months of being in quarantine mm-hmm. at the in the parking lot of a Target, and Where we did a prisoner exchange. Yeah, we did, <laughs> and we uh, <laughs> we exchanged uh, GI Joe guys. Uh, we did that, and I was less, and I wasn't even as happy to see him, and he's not my arch nemesis. Like, he was so excited to see this guy. He's like, hey, and they were, like, hugging, and, you know, he completely forgot about the girl at this point. <laughs> He's like, he has a new crush. Come on over, let me, yeah, yeah. let me get you into some gold lemain. We can lounge around and smoke cigars. There's some bro love going on there. <laughs> oh, 82. What can't you do? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a nice uh, all-dark outfit there. That makes you look evil. Why don't, come, I've got the best tailor. He'll get, he'll get you right into some gold lemain. Uh Basically, there's this whole thing where they're like, oh, you've been fooled, basically. And I know there's some other attacks and things like that, but blah, blah, blah. And I guess the whole thing, like, I couldn't even figure it out. Can you anyone understand what he was talking about with the, like, you did too good of no. a job? That's my point about this movie is most of the stuff that they talk, like, there's no there's no background. There's, like, you don't know what the hell is going on. Like yeah, and and then and and it's like, oh well, you know, we had this war, but you know, we made peace, and now you guys are fucked. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. So there's I'm a like, giant line of shit? tanks, and these people are basically stuck there. 
and there was like a random gas station. <laughs> yeah, so like they're <laughs> they're stuck there. They're no long. They no longer have any backing. They um. And they can't allow them to escape through their country because that would be seen as an act of war. Yeah, they can't be associated with them because then you know that would that would mean that they you know perpetrated this war or whatever. And I'm like, these fuckers were invading you. What do you mean you can't? It can't be seen as an act of war. They already invaded you. Just whatever. But they did it so nicely, and they did this lovely speech from the. from the composition book. From the it was wide-ruled, sir. Wide-ruled composition book. So it's not an act of war. Okay. Well, but it, if it's not college-ruled, then it doesn't count. Oh. But the punctuation was superb. We heard yeah, about it. literally. <laughs> we read the punctuation. Then Bill Pullman yeah. come out and said, anyway. today is our Independence Day. <laughs> we will yeah, not go one. quietly into the night. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got... We got the big attack, or they actually make a new plan. They're going to basically drive their motorcycles through a bunch of tanks. They're just gonna, the big plan is distract the tanks, drive straight, <laughs> and hope that the tanks don't see them because there's lots of smoke. And when they're driving through these tanks, their motorcycles are letting off multicolored smoke. And they drive right through, like, this, and, like, kill box <laughs> of, like, yeah, like yeah. vehicles, like, straight in the center. And they're just, like, blowing up tanks like it ain't no thing. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Quite, quite a motorcycle you have. And so there are no deaths on screen. Nothing. None. None. <laughs> the, the only one that's, that's directly implied are the three guys that were trying to blow up the command vehicle, and it's implied that they're just, like, vaporized. Yeah. The command vehicle vaporizes them. But that's it. And did you see when they were driving with that smoke coming out? Like, they didn't put the smoke charge... On the back of the motorcycle, it's coming out of like the gas tank between the dude's legs. So, like, all of these stuntmen are driving motorcycles with plumes of noxious smoke blowing right into the their, face. their face. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, this is far more dangerous than anything else <laughs> in the entire movie. Well, remember the director, Hal Needham, stunt guy. So, I don't think that's an accident. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, they're complaining about it, and he's like, suck he's it like, up, Nancy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing compared to what I did back in the 60s, so I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a snake bite me on the testicles five minutes ago, and I didn't say a word. <laughs> They're literally turning black and falling off. They irradiated my pancreas for this movie. I think you can drive through a little bit of smoke. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. This is another moment where I, I needed editing. So, like, basically what's happening, they get through, the, the airplanes fly by. Distract the tanks. One of the airplanes gets taken out, so they all have to go on one on one airplane. Like, oh, it's gonna get tight in there, guys. Okay, better Giggity. better lube up your uh, your gold lame outfit so you can all squeeze in there, nice and hot mm-hmm. and tight together on that airplane. So they all go they there. They have to leave the vehicles, so they set them all to self destruct. Yep. They one of them, uh, one of the dudes falls. Of course, it's the leader. He he falls off of his motorcycle, and they keep on cutting between these tanks. The rolling towards him and then him falling off the motorcycle like there's just so many cuts of like reaction scenes and people looking and people like oh we got to save our leader and like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth like my notes is all capital letters jesus christ edit <laughs> oh my god fucking edit we, and we then get it. and then they've got this scene where the leader gets up gets back on his bike and drives over to the other to his buddy's tank and knocks on the door 
With the back of a gun. Kink, kink, kink. And, and the guy opens the hatch and he's like, hey, I just wanted to say bye. See you later. And then he jumps off the deck and drops away. Doesn't he do something like, with the guy's cigar or like puts it in his mouth or something? I'm like, what remember. the fuck, man? It, that was so stupid. And no, he doesn't just say, I want to say goodbye. He says, hey, hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win. Even in the 80s. Even in the 80s. I'm like, I must have fallen asleep at that point because I've seen this movie three times and I don't remember that. (laughs) Five times he fell asleep. And that's it. They're done. Well, no, don't forget the the one then two. One then two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. I must have fallen asleep too. Yep, so Egg has told them about one then two and one then two means press one button which lowers the wings and two makes the jet fly. So you actually see the worst flying. It's the second flying motorcycle we've seen in, in this, on this podcast, but this is the worst one of him flying up to the jet as all of his teammates are, are standing around cheering him on. And he's like doing circles like and loop desert, loops yeah, and shit. Yeah. yeah, he's like upside down for a while. But like, the, if you watch that scene again, which I don't suggest, but if you do watch that scene again, look at all of the dudes around the 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 gaping maw of the back of the uh, the jet there they're like come on you can do it pumping fists yeah. and whatnot uh, no one and the no. look on his face as he's flying is just stupid including yeah. Zachary Taylor he's like all like yeah I think that's my favorite character Zachary yeah. Taylor now that's it mine is Zara oh that doesn't count yeah. that doesn't I was now that's it that's, just that's saying, the end. like you know that doesn't count yeah that's fair yeah. Uh, now, mercifully, the movie is over. <laughs> yes. So, Rob, ask the question. Um, Actually, well, hold on. No. Before, before we do that, let me do a couple of um, – what other facts did you figure out about this movie? Like, um, The movie absolutely bombed. It, it had a budget of estimated about $20 million, and it only made five and a half. So it absolutely bombed. Um, the, but when you look at what it was up against when it came out, the top 10 movies, when this movie was released, this movie actually was number nine, by the way, the week it came out. Number one was E.T. in its third week of release. Number two was Blade Runner, which incidentally was released the same day as this movie. Number three was Firefox. Number four was Rocky three holding on for its third week on the charts. Star Trek Two was in its fourth week. Annie was in its sixth week. Poltergeist was in its fourth week. John Carpenter's The Thing, which was released the same day as this movie, was number Lord. eight, I think. Yeah, it was number eight. Megaforce was number nine. And number ten was a re-release of Bambi. Wow. You can't... I'm Every time we do this, all I'm thinking is the... The movie studios have really started working together on their release dates because, like, you'll see these movies and it's like, well, that's five classic movies that were all released on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? And now it's like, yeah, now it's like, okay, July 4th, that's going to be a, a Will Smith movie. And then the next week it's going to be something else. And the next week's going to be something else. Um, and the 
also released the same day as this movie was, uh, of course, I mentioned the thing in Blade Runner, but Monty Python Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I own it. That was actually. excellent. That mm-hmm. came out the same day as this movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a video game for this movie. On there Atari was. Atari 2600. Uh, the commercial is available on YouTube if you look it up, and you'll find a young Brian Cranston in really? that commercial. Just kind of interesting. Yeah. He pl- he's actually still old, so he, like, is way too old to be playing a video, like, back then, they, he was supposed to be playing a kid. He was way That's too old really to be playing funny. a kid that he was. This actually, this, um, also. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say this month. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was, I was good. This month is a really interesting, this week in music and this month, like, just in events, there's a lot going on. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna give you the top ten for the Billboard Go on this it. week. At, at number ten, you've got the other woman by Ray Parker Jr. Nine is Love's Been a Little Bit Hard on Me by Juice Newton. Eight, Let It Whip by Daz Bend. Crimson and Clover by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Hurt So Good by John Cougar. Number five was Always on My Mind. Four is Heat of the Moment from Asia. Three is Rosanna from Toto. Number two is. Don't You Want Me by the Human League. And number... Sorry. Number one for this week, A Little Ditty by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Is that Ebony and Ivory? It is. Ebony and Ivory was number one this week. Uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Have you really ever seen anyone sucking on a chili dog? (laughs) I have not. Just saying. But like that that whole... Hurt so good. Like 19 that week was like I have the Come tiger. on, baby, make it Like it, there's so much good stuff. I I kind of one with the history stuff, like by the week it's kinda of hard, so I kind of look into the month in general. Um there's a lot. <laughs> there's like a lot that happened this month. Um all through the mm-hmm. month, by the way. I'm not even gonna get into it, but there's all this stuff like Israel and Palestine and Lebanon, like shooting rockets at each other. I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, there's oh, that was that was just a, that was just that a was, one-off. Oh I'm sure yeah, that'll yeah. never happen again. Sadly, it's not just a one-off. Um, that was last week. Was, it was yeah. last week. Um, Ronald Reagan meets Pope John Paul II on the seventh, and then a Brazilian airliner on the eighth crashes into a mountain and kills 135 people. There's always a goddamn plane and then crash. In the, on June 8th, the Falkland War begins with, like, the Brit- the British invade the Falkland Islands, which is, like, more sheep than people. June 8th, Ronald Reagan addresses Parliament. I'm getting somewhere with the Reagan thing. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, there's more Israel troops and battles and stuff like that. There's, like, all these wars going on. Like, this is an insane month. Um, That's because Megaforce isn't real. Megaforce <laughs> is all those wars. June 11th. Five minutes and people June give June 11th up. of this month, E.T. is released. Um, let's see. There's I'm, – I'm getting to a couple of, of interesting things. The Falkland Islands thing lasts, like, a week. Uh, President Reagan addresses the U.N. Assembly. Um Hold on, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I want to make sure I have the right day. June 21st, President Reagan is shot. <laughs> like, right around the same time as the release of this movie. And he actually just got out of jail, didn't I he? Just saw, I just saw yeah. that, too. Yeah. He, 
the the guy that shot Reagan just got out of jail and actually was posting videos of him doing karaoke. It's insane, right? Um, Like, there's just so much crazy stuff. Um, Prince Charles, who's been in the news a lot lately, is literally a newborn at this time, and he's coming home from the hospital. Uh, (laughs) Prince Charles or Prince uh, Prince... Harry? I'm sorry, Prince. Uh, I'm sorry, Prince Charles. Prince son. William. Prince William. Uh, uh, Prince William is yeah, the so one who comes. It home. had to be I'm William. Sorry, William. Prince the Charles one. is the, yeah, the dad. William. I was reading it wrong. It's Prince William that comes home. There's just like this month is like nuts. Like I've skipped over so much stuff. There's like wars and there's like Russian tanks and stuff. It's like insane. Porn star John Holmes acquitted of murder charges June 25th. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. so much. Like it's amazing because as we've been going through these movies. A lot of them were like in the eighty, like the eighty-five uh, range in the last few movies that we did, but there's so there's so many events, um, whether it's on the charts, Billboard, movies, um, like in the news. There's just so much crazy stuff happening, and I, I you forget what an insane time the eighties was. Like the eighties was really, really nuts. So it, it, I like going through these because it, there's like some historical context there. I mean, this is basically like one big, long Roger Waters album, essentially, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Speaking uh, – actually, that's a good segue there. Speaking of that, uh, the soundtrack, the movie was a bomb. Uh, of course, there were – a video game, like I said. There was Matchbox cars designed um, for this movie, which I kind of want. I'm sure they're very expensive on eBay. Uh, but the soundtrack actually was, was not too bad, and the – the song Megaforce was by uh, written by 707 and had been cu- and then it ended up getting covered by two bands who actually made them not hits but they were popular. Do you know which two bands? 0%. One of them is Journey covered it. Interesting. The other one is Freely's Comet. Mm. Freely's Comet. So Ace Freely Ace of Freely? Kiss fame. Yeah. Yeah. No Ace Freely. Freely's Comet did Megaforce. Uh, the Journey one is the best version of it, in case you feel like going to down that rabbit hole, because I did. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. I think that's I think that takes us away. Oh, oh no! Now, Rob, ask the question: the <laughs> remake, revival, or rest in peace? Yes, good. I we should bury this deeply in the desert somewhere with those ET cartridges. Agreed, Omar. Period. Ah, oh, see, you two are wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna swerve gonna here. Remake. I enjoyed the shit. It was boring as hell, but I did enjoy the earnestness of this movie. And but this movie handled with a better writer, better special effects, and really getting rid of everything that they did. But at least the uh, the not the philosophy, but the the feeling of this movie is what they should be doing with the GI Joe movie. Give me I was going to say I was going to say sir that is not a mega force remake that is a GI Joe movie. I don't care. Cuz the GI Joe movies that they've had so far have sucked because they're like, well, we got to make it realistic and look what they did with the X-Men and this and that and like no. We want the Cobra Hiss. We want I'm Duke. I'm going to call your Battle son Android. and have him have a talk with you. Because Craig, you <laughs> no, realize what you're saying. <laughs> you realize what you just said? This movie should be remade. Oh, I realize. But only if they change everything about it. Into G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> I, I, this is a total – this, this should be remade completely into <laughs> a totally different yes. thing with a totally different everything. Okay. Yes. But you, you have the essence, the essence. of okay, the movie. I got you. No. It's like, 
It's like when you no, you, you can shove that essence up your ass. <laughs> it's like when you t- when you use just a little sprig of mint and rub it around the end of a glass before you you make a, a, a drink out of it. You I just will get... rub that sprig of mint around your anus, you dick. <laughs> I'm not. No, this movie needs to go Rob's away. Angry. <laughs> He picked it. <laughs> well, doesn't mean he can't be angry. I know I picked it, and it's terrible. Uh, now you can ask the give me five question of the week. So the question of the week is, in honor of the sweet baby blue headband that Ace Hunter was wearing throughout the whole movie for no explicable reason, I want to know, what are your top five headbands from the 80s? Now these can this was left fairly open intentionally. There were only two stipulations. One, it had to be a headband, meaning it went around and across the forehead and did not cover the top of the head, i.e. making it a hat. Or, or a do-rag. Or a do-rag. And it had to be from the 80s. Fair enough. That's fair. Okay. So what you got? Um... And this this could have been anything. It, you could have determined it was iconic. You, it could have been ones that you remembered. It could have been, you know, just whatever. I, I always seem to go first. Like, should I go first again? Yes, Jimmy, go first. <laughs> I'm going to be starting off with an honorable mention because this one kind of got a little bit of a start in the 70s and was a more popular in the 70s, mm-hmm. but then bled into the 80s. And that, But it because it's badass, I'm going to go with Luke Cage from the comics. Because he had a solid metal headband. Because nice. he was super strong and he bent it around his head. It was fabulous in the 70s, but, you know, it, it carried through the 80s. So I'm going to go with Luke Cage as my number as Ooh. my honorable mention. Uh, number five, Mark Knopfler oh. in the Money for Nothing yeah. video. Mm. That, that was fancy. Uh, the headband that angered a million Mormons, but also caused helped the Bears win a Super Bowl. Jim McMahon is my number four. Excellent. All yeah. right. Because he was, you know, crazy and played for BYU. Well, he wasn't really crazy, but he did outlandish things, according to BYU. Uh, we talk about this movie a lot. That's Daniel LaRusso in Karate Kid. Of course. Mm-hmm. My number three. And you better eat your Wheaties or your vitamins or whatever, because number two, Hulk Hogan is my number two. Oh, yeah. Hulkamania uh, band. But my number one, I think all of us at some point in our lives have done our own getting ready for war montage where we finish off by tying a red headband around our head. I think it's entirely possible we'll have a consensus number one. Where we, uh, where that would be Rambo, you know, where you pretending like you're getting ready for a nerf battle or something along those lines. Yeah. Or when you're getting ready to, you know, make sweet love. You got to tie on that the... headband. The iconic scene where where they where they use a headband for punctuation and just as he you know pulls it tight and you show they show the bulging muscles on his back and it's like oh shit's about to get real yes. you knew it was going down once he put on that headband. Let's hear from Alec. Hey, give me five podcasts, top five '80s headbands. Um, Honorable mention, I wanted to give one to Axl Rose. I think he started to wear it in the late 80s a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't think it was enough that I officially, I, mean, I initially thought of him, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned him. Also, honorable mention going to Olivia Newton-John. I think that Let's Get Physical and all that stuff. She always seemed to have a headband. 
All right, number five would be Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. I just remember that video in the you know mid '80s about I want my MTV and that that guy was you know he had a headband. That's all I remember about him. Number four would be uh, Vasquez from the movie Alien. It's kind of a bandana headband, but it works really well. Number three, uh, the Karate Kid. I don't know if that is what you're looking for as a headband, but I, I don't know. It's pretty iconic for the era. Number two would be Rambo. I once again I think that's what you're looking for for a headband, but I mean that's that's one of the biggest things from the '80s. I think a lot of people kind of you know jumped off of that. And then number one uh, is one of those that I have to definitely have to do. That's Bruce Springsteen, who wore a bandana and sometimes wore a headband in the '80s. If you look up uh, pictures from different concerts, so my favorite musician was definitely into the the '80s fashion. That's my top five list. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Excellent. That was good. Excellent choice. Vasquez, good. Man. He's the second. He's Vasquez got one of mine. Conversation in like. I, I forgot Ooh. about. I forgot about Vasquez's headband. Me too. Holy yeah. crap. Um. All right, may, may I go next? Yes, I cheated. Go for it, big time, on two of them, <laughs> and I don't regret it. But they're kind of headbands, ish. Okay. Um, honorable mention: Ace Hunter in Megaforce with his blue headbands. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll, buddy. The gold LeMay with the blue. All right, sexy. I don't care what anybody thinks. Um. Number five, all of the bad guys in the background of The Last Dragon. <laughs> they, all, they all had headbands on, and, and they were fucking awesome. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I yes. love it. I absolutely love it. I really do. Love it. Uh, I'm going to go number... <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. I'm not kidding. They were awesome. Okay. Um, number four, Mr. John Rambo, because he doesn't give a shit. Okay, he's doing his thing. Damn, number four. Oh, it gets better. Uh, number three, Olivia Newton-John, because how you doing? Number two and number one <laughs> are enough, majorly cheating, but I I got to do it. Um, Prince in Purple Rain. It's not so much a bandana. It's a little lower. It's around his eyes <laughs> with like little eye holes cut out. <laughs> but it's Prince and it's the 80s. And come on, he was the dude. Okay. And number one, <clears throat> and this is majorly cheating, but I have to do it. Every week I want to cheat my ass off and I don't. This time I had to do it. Um, in the never ending story, the princess. Is wearing this like tiara thing, but it's kind of like a headband. <laughs> it kind of goes around her head, but it's like a little bit over the top. Rob is the, and, the fantasy person. I, that's one of my favorite. And, and I will give movies. you that one. I will give you that one because I saw one that Princess Di wore, and I was like, oh, you know that that would yeah. qualify as well. Uh, I, I, my stipulations were I went all like TV or movie, and I ended up with all movie. But I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- that princess so, thing is like one of my favorite things from the eighties. And it doesn't. It's not weird because at the time it was appropriate. Okay, Rob. It is, is it you or is it, do we did we get a list from uh, anyone else? Um, I did not. Re- let me double check, but I don't believe that I received any. And I thought I thought Jubal said he was going to send one in, but I guess he yeah, didn't. Yeah, that's it too. I'm looking. I as will well. just verify just to make sure. 
And no, he did not send me one. So, I will go ahead and do mine. I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to do a couple of tennis pros. Andre Agassi and John McEnroe. Very iconic for their headbands. As well as Brett Michaels from Poison. But at number five, I've got Edgar Frog from from The Lost Boys. Yep. At number four, I've got Brand and his red headband. And from Goonies. From the Goonies, yes. At number three, I've got Hulk Hogan. At number two, I've got a twofer. Because both the hero and the villain wore headbands. Ace and Hunter? that's oh. Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. Okay. But my number one is the iconic headband application scene. I mean, they made a whole freaking scene out of it. How can you not recognize that? And that's Rambo. (laughs) That would also be our number one for jade necklaces, because I'm pretty sure he ties one of those on his neck. Yes. Oh, that's right. Excellent. I'm going to take us out of here. Take us out, Greg. Thank you to all of our patrons for... Uh, you know, submitting lists and being fun in the chat room. If you guys want to be a patron, feel free to check it out at uh, patreon.com slash give me, is it give me five? Po- I always forget that one. If it's not right in front of me, you, what is it? You've said it a million times too. <laughs> patreon.com slash give me five podcast, or is it give me five podcast slash Patreon? Look us up. Give me five podcast. Patreon.com slash give me five podcast. There we go. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so thank you guys. There's a bunch of benefits there. You can check it out if you are interested. And uh, you can contact us. Uh, give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can make fun of me for not knowing our website. Uh, at least the Patreon website. But I do know our real website, which is give me five podcast.com. So it's actually all right of these there things. in the notes in front of you. It is. It is. But I, my microphone is currently in front of the notes. <laughs> and I taught a four-hour class today, so I'm tired. Uh Anyway, uh, so that's all of the things you need to know. And uh, the other thing you need to know is thank you for listening. And these guys are wrong. Watch Megaforce. It's the best thing you'll ever watch featuring Gold LeMay and Headbands. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, guys, next week, we want you to give us five. Call your girl? Why not? Everybody else does. Tech com, you just lost half your seats.